Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Something to Talk About. And she's still Vaughn. He's still Stuart. Hey, and we're here again with you and glad that you're with us again. And very, very quickly, just want to mention that we are sponsored by Irving Chung, who is a franchise consultant. Uh, if you have ever given any thought to being your own boss and starting a franchise, whether a big franchise or just a little bitty franchise, go to bigconsideration.com, reach out to Irving. You can have a free consultation. Just ask him questions. He'll answer them. And then you decide if it's for you. And our other great sponsor is Christine Dean, who is a networking diva. Uh, she can help you with your website, build your website, expand your website, reach out to more customers to make your bottom line even bigger. And again, you can reach Christine for a free consultation. Just go to dfwnetworkingdiva.com. Two great people, and we thank them very, very much for sponsoring the show. And we got a special guest joining us today. And oh, we got we got Vaughn's dad, who we affectionately know as Coach Larry Gattuzzi. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, morning, Dad. Good to see you both. Good to see you both. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Always great, always great to have you. And and when the coach is on the show, you know that the subject is going to be something having to do with sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, well unfortunately, and, you're right. <laughs> and all, and, and you've had an illustrious career a, a, as a coach. Uh, both, did, did you ever coach high school at the high school level? No, I, I really didn't. I spoke at several high school clinics and did work a summer uh, uh, with one school, but not really on a on an employee basis. Mostly at the college level. Yes, and the pros. And the pros, boy, that's, I, I give you a lot of credit, boy. I don't know if I could, if I could handle the strain of that. But that was after, you know, the, his coaching days came after he was, or had, had already been an athlete himself. And so that's another reason, you know, that I believe he's going to have such an interesting perspective on this topic because, he has been an athlete in, in high school and in college. He was quarterback at Delaware. And then from his athletic, you know, his athlete days, he went on to become a coach, college level pro. So really he'll be able, he has been able to kind of look at this ruling from a lot of different or through a lot of different eyes. Well, and, and what we're talking about is this, this month, uh, a new, a uh, ruling went into effect allowing college athletes to receive endorsements uh, and, or to, to allow them to receive money to give endorsements. And there's a lot of ways of looking at this. You know, the athletes, of course, saying, hey, yeah, money in my pocket uh, and all, and I can get out there for, for endorsing this sports drink or this product and everything, I'm going to get money while I'm playing sports. And in my mind, I'm wondering what is this going to do to the game? Because there's lots of people involved. It's the sporting program. It's the athletic program. It's the educational program of this, of the, the schools that these, these athletes are going to. 
And so I think right from the beginning, we got to ask coach, you know, do you think that this is a good deal or a bad deal for college, for college uh, sports? Well, Stuart, uh, that's such a, uh, that's such a large question for hopefully I can measure some uh, content to the enormity of it. Uh, I had it coincidentally a call yesterday uh, from a gentleman who uh, was the uh, executive vice president of the NCAA for several years. He called me yesterday on, a, on another subject related to uh, one of our professional teams in Houston. And obviously, uh, if, after a long conversation relative to that question, uh, we got to talking a little bit about uh, the situation that exists today now, as you mentioned, uh, college athletes, and maybe in a, uh, in a few years, maybe high school athletes as well. In fact, some states are already looking at that, uh, being permitted through whatever avenue, earning money, due to their name or their celebrity or whatever the case may be. His point was somewhat different than mine, except we both agreed, Stuart, it's a mess. And I, I think I'd start my comments by that. It, it is, it's, it's, an, it's an, a subject that's hard to wrestle with because if you're on one side of the picture, that being a young athlete, whether it be whatever the sport may be, now having the door open for you to go and use your name to earn money and and you're 17 or 18 or maybe 19 years of age this is a this is a whole different world you've entered and are you ready for it are you are your parents ready for it and that's kind of the umbrella that hangs over this entire uh uh provision that the that the Supreme Court allowed collegiate athletes. Knowing that, I'm going to try to be as unbiased as I can. Does it help collegiate sports? I, I'm, I'm a doubter in, in, in that respect. Does it help some schools versus another school? Most probably. There's always been a division between the University of Texas and maybe the Trinity College who all play in Division I football or sports. But the, but the chasm that was there before has now been increased tenfold. Is that good for sports? I'm an old school person, and so my comment is probably not. Does it enhance? It enhances some schools and hurts some others. So that kind of lays a platform where I'm coming from as, as unbiased as I can be. Do you, do you now open the door for many, many more violations in recruiting? I don't want to say most probably. I'd say definitely. You have agents out there that have been harboring this hope for years where they could sign a collegiate player to a contract to represent them. Or as, I, as we had a conversation yesterday with this gentleman from the NCAA, uh, who's been in coaching as well, has been, uh, I chair the sports, sports authority in Houston, and he worked for us for a number of years, a very talented guy. And so I, I, I respect his judgment. But you've got agents out there who have won 
one plan in place, and that is to grab as many young and the money that's involved in whatever these athletes are able to achieve, uh, either signing contracts or sponsoring uh, shoes for Nike or gloves for, for, for Wilson or whatever, or a, or a hotel that's been used for years for bowling game, for bowl games. Uh, there's an, uh, I don't want to use the enormity word again, but there's an enormous wor world out there for these agents to now prospect with these young men. So um, I, I'll leave that as kind of a kickoff to it. And I know your minds are running 100 miles an hour. I'll, I'll open to some questions if it might be the best way to approach this. I think so. Stuart? Yeah, well, you know, number one, it's the money. It's all about money. And and as a parent, if I have this, this first, you know, world-class athlete in my family – I'm thinking about his education, his or her education. I want them to go to a college that will help benefit them for the next four years so they can get a college education. They can pick a field that they want to spend the rest of their life in. Sports is a relatively short-lived career, uh, whether it's at the college level or going on to the pros. You only have so many years that you can play, but... There's lots of parents and there's lots of agents and there's lots of advertising companies out there that want to, to grab a hold of these people and then sign them to a contract. And I think it's safe to say, don't make a mistake. There's going to be something in that contract that's going to benefit the advertiser and not necessarily the athlete. So, now, if I'm an athlete and I'm going out to play, am I going to dive for that ball knowing that it could be the end of my career? Uh, am, am I going to put as much uh, effort into my studies as I do out on a ball field because I know I got six figures that's backing me? Uh, if, you know, those are the kind of questions that are going on in my head. And isn't college about education? Number one. I think that's a very good point, Stuart, Dad. I, I, I have to tell you, I've been kind of think, trying to think of a lot of different aspects of this, this ruling or this decision. And, you know, because we're talking about um, – the, the age, the age of, of young athletes that we're talking about, the immaturity, I mean, they can't not, I mean, scientifically proven, think through some of these decisions, you know, and emotions uh, the way we all can as, you know, 50, 60, 70 year old, whatever. So I agree. Are you taking co the college experience and changing at least for these individuals how they look and what the purpose is of their college years. And I think that's a very good point. Will this affect their education? I think that's a good point. Well, if I might add, it, it's a it, it, it's a very, very critical point. I mean, if in fact we really view college as being an opportunity for young men and women, and this is women as well, we kind of isolate a lot of our discussions to men, but this is women as well who are uh, who are playing basketball in college or running track or playing lacrosse. It's a very important factor. If you look back 75 years, 
when the Harvards and Yales and all of those Eastern educational institutions changed from being um, a, uh, a, a football power, Harvard and Yale were really some of the biggest games in, in the country during those years in the 20s and 30s. When I say 75, maybe 100 years ago. They all changed and they, they completely went to purely and simply academic acceptances to their athletes, both men and women. So the Ivy League no longer has the, the, the celebrity, so to speak, or the interest of TV markets. So they're a virtually a Division three school, but probably the most academic institutions in the country. I'm not in downgrading the Stanfords and all who still do that and do a good job at it. But we've lost a, a lot of major college uh, athletes and sports in the Ivy League just 100 years ago. So what we're doing now is we are creating another opportunity for athletes to become something other than a student or a student athlete as I knew them. When I was a head coach at Williams, we didn't have athletic scholarships. We were, we were a Harvard-Yale kind of school, and we ranked with those schools academically. But our athletes came there because they wanted a the education, they wanted the opportunities for a better life, whether it be law school, medical school, or whatever the case may be, and they didn't really view as the import on playing that particular sport they were involved in. They enjoyed it. Maybe, in fact, they enjoyed it more than some of the Big Ten players. It, it That's always been subject to, to question. You know, you go to a Division three school, are you going to enjoy it because the competition's not there? They do. They enjoy it just as much. So you're, uh, uh, Stuart, you're exactly right. It's a, as I said early on, it's a mess. You know, and, and the, the, the bigger the school, usually the bigger the athletic, uh, the alumni association, which has always worked, worked well with the educators to try and give academic scholarships to those athletes to come to their schools. Now, the waving of that paycheck out in front of those, those high school athletes to go to college, if they've had their hearts set on going to a certain university for the academic program that they have, now all of a sudden it's, it's the money is going to be thrown out there to try and get them to switch to go to a different school because they'll get the endorsements of those products. Uh, you know, I, I posted and got, got a lot of comments about the, the, the promo for this, for this show. I, I, I posted uh, a photo of uh, Hannah and Hallie Cavender uh, who are, are uh, 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 college uh, basketball players at Fresno state uh, and they just—they were the first ones under this new law to sign a contract to endorse these products. Now, is it the endorsement that the scouts are going to be looking at? Is it their ability on the court playing basketball that they're looking at? And do the Cavender girls even care? And how is it going to affect their ability on the court, knowing that hey? We've got to, as soon as we leave the, the, the game, we got to go over there and pick up that sports drink or whatever in order to do a, a, a quick shot. Like, I always think of the NASCAR drivers. 
if you ever look at the NASCAR drivers, when they're on camera, they got all their sponsors all over their shirts because that's what the sponsors want. Is that what's going to happen in college basketball? They're going to walk off the court and immediately put on their sweatshirt that's got the logos for all of the, the companies that they're they're endorsing. And what is that going to do to their athletic ability? And what is that going to do to the coach of that team who's now got to work with that team where there's a couple of superstars out there that are are being controlled by agents and advertisers rather than the coach saying, this is what I want for you. Yes, yeah, so you're you're right on the mark. I excuse me, no pun intended, Mark. But anyway, you're right on point. But I I would say added to that, uh, Stuart. Just think and close your eyes and think about this: a locker room with athletes, whether it be football or basketball or ladies soccer, whatever the case may be. And three of the athletes are getting endorsements and money and driving fancy cars or whatever the case may be. And the majority of this team now in that locker room facing the coach and listening have gotten nothing, maybe a scholarship, maybe not. The diversity in that of, of thought in that locker room is dramatic. There's got to be some, um, uh, there, there have to be problems that you create between people. And it's a, t a terribly difficult job to keep unity in a team to begin with, but to make it a family kind of environment and coaching atmosphere, you lose it, in my opinion, by separating the what is appearing apparently the good players versus the less the, the less uh, talented. It it opens so many problems. Now on the on the other side, uh, uh, I I you I I'm I'm sure if this all went to court and I know the NCAA over the years has tried to has tried to fight this situation. But if it went to court, if you've got a musician who is play he's a junior in your college and he plays with a local band and they're on a summer tour and he he makes money. It's not more less it's not really much different than that athlete who is now performing not musically but athletically and he now is making a lot of money. These musicians have been doing it, or whatever the case may have been their talent, for years. So I think the NCAA finally said, this is a no-winner for us. We like our plan, but it's a no-winner. We're no longer running college athletics. The five major conferences and the commissioners are running college athletics, in my view. And I've been involved in bowl games and been involved in, in a lot of situations where I've seen that happen. We, we picked two teams one year for our bowl game. That had never happened before in history. And it was all because, not the NCAA, they didn't approve it at all. But the two commissioners of the two um, uh, playing teams got it done. And I saw that firsthand just a couple of years ago. So your, your point is is a good one, but it extends so much farther than that. Right. The agent who comes in and says, uh, Mr. Sachs, your son is a tremendous volleyball player. We have one of the best volleyball teams on the West Coast. We also have Nike here. 
and I think we can get some kind of a sponsorship for your son with Nike. Well, where is he going to go to school, whether he likes the school or not? There it is. You provided an opportunity. You know, and I'm just speaking um, as maybe a, a mother of, of, a, of who had a son, has a son who was an athlete. And like one thing y'all, both of you pointed out to me that made me just kind of think is, and I'm also a former educator. So I've got a perspective of this that's maybe just, and probably if you were to sit 10 people down, one being an agent, one being a college coach, you know, one being the mother of the athlete, et cetera, they would all have their own different view on this based on kind of who they are to that athlete. Obviously the agent in this case, I would think nine times out of 10 is gonna be for this, okay? But one thing that, you know, concerns me is you universities used to say, and I'm sure they most of them still do, but you're a student first, you're student first and then athlete. In this case, these athletes are going to be athletes first, then students. So that's a little bit something that concerns me. Also, you all have talked about coaches, you know, the sponsor coming in and saying, to this athlete after the after the game is over, I want you to run over and put on our hat and hold our water bottle. I hope that in this case, if that if that the coach the coaches don't lose any control over these athletes, and I guess Dad, that would be another question for you: is should this athlete sign on with whatever company to endorse and whatever? Where does the coach then stand? in terms of the control they have over this athlete. Hey coach, I can't be there on Saturday. I'm going to be at a public, uh, you know, event sponsoring Wheaties. Does the coach lose any control here over this athlete with this ruling? I think you've probably answered your own question. It, it, it most certainly does. I mean, it, it it's, it's like having, Two theaters, one theater that's showing good movies and the other theater that's, you know, just doesn't have the same kind of content. You, you've got to know one's going to make have a lot more success than the other. And certainly in this case, uh, the 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 scholastic part of going to college falls, in, unfortunately, way behind when this really becomes to fruition. We've only seen the tip of the iceberg by a few people signing some contracts. When this really takes hold, I've, I've seen, for example, if Stuart, and I, I, I hate to point you out, but you happen to be on the screen, uh, Stuart is obviously the owner of this station, and, uh, and he has the right to name even to his board, he who he wants to be uh, on the shows and says, look, you know, you're a young man, you've got some talent, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, put you in a show of, of your own, uh, whatever that may be. It's the Vaughn uh, Loic uh, Sports Show shown every Friday evening. And for that, we're going to pay you. It's not so much the job. It's the now Stewart becomes a very, very important uh, cog in the recruiting of, 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 for this, uh, uh, of this celebrity, so to speak, that he's making for the station. He, he now becomes fulfilled as does a lot of alums who are helping 
let's say Ohio State recruit, they get the importance of now saying, well, I'm I'm the you know vice president of Wilson in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I got a vice presidency ultimately for this young man. It, it, it's it, it can go the ten, the tentacles can go out so far. Just the importance of an alum now gains, not necessarily an agent. He is now a, a recruiting alum who can not only offer a job, he can offer money. And so, uh, and and Vaughn, you, I thought you were going to say about parents. I, I don't know if they're prepared for this. I mean, poor, and there's many athletes that come, and I've seen it for years, that come from poverty. And to have an opportunity to have any uh, access to uh, hopefully some wealth, uh, not necessarily millionaires, but some wealth, it, 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 it just turns their heads. That's what they do. And the education becomes a very, very secondary factor. I'll bring one example to you, which I think is a farce. The one and done in basketball. An athlete now who is a great basketball player can go to college, be recruited, and stay there for one year. And when the draft comes up, he leaves school. In fact, you probably knew that when you were recruiting him. He's a one and done athlete. Well, that just totally undermines education. In my view, you might as well just send them into the pros like they do in baseball. If you're a good athlete and get drafted, forget about right. school. You just go to the pros. The one and done in basketball is a farce. You're right. And, you know, and, and also, Larry, this, this to me is going to put a great deal of pressure on the coach because – Let's say that for the for the sake of the, the the tempo of the game, the coach takes out this superstar endorsed player and says, "You know what? I want you to sit on the bench for the second quarter." Now, the coach is going to hear from the advertisers and the agents and everybody else involved because, hey, listen, we're endorsing that player to be on the on the court playing the game. Uh, you know, we want to we want to see them out there because that that's to the benefit of our product. It's going to put an, an increased pressure on the coach to say, "Look, I'm coaching this game based on what I feel we need to do to win the game." And and is that coach now going to get flack from that player to say, "Coach, you can't leave me on the bench. I got to be out there. My contract says so." So what kind of pressure is this going to now put on the coaching staffs of all of these, these sports teams? Yep. Excellent point. Stuart. Yes. Yep. Again, I'll bring up in this third quarter, it's a mess. <laughs> that seems to be the theme of this topic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know, you, you, you see, you know, I, I've tried to look at the positive aspect of what this is going to be, but I just, I just don't see it yet. Uh, because from the advertiser's standpoint, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, the advertiser says, listen, this kid that's in college, uh, I can I can offer him a hundred grand a year and all to endorse our products uh, and everything, and they're going to jump at it. The parents are going to want to want their their kid to have the money. The, the, the athlete wants to have the money, but the the company is saying to themselves, listen, it would cost us five times as much to get a, you know, movie star or a professional athlete 
to endorse our products. If we take that money and reach out and can get 10 college players to endorse our products, it's the young people that are following the college players, and that's who the advertiser is trying to reach. So again, to me, the greed level has just gone through the ceiling. I, I, I Again, I'm trying to be, as, and I know I haven't been unbiased, but I'm trying to be as reasonable as I can. There's no, there's no end to the, to the, the prospects of problems. I, I, I don't view it as a simple subject of one versus the other. It is so, um, it, it is so monumental in terms of differences between athletes, between schools, between alumni, between every aspect of college education and possibly high school education. You have high school parents now moving their sons yeah. to another yeah. part of the country so they can participate in water polo or they can participate in some uh, prep school uh, who's preparing them for the NFL or the NBA. And they completely divorce themselves from academics. I've seen it. I've recruited at those, uh, those schools. And uh, as you said, it's... Uh, I, I don't know where it ends. It's, it, it, right now, we're, we're really at the beginning of what we're seeing. I know there's a lot of coaches, and, and I, I'm sure if they were on the screen with us, they would be totally disagreeing with what I'm saying. I come from a, an area, I went to an undergraduate school and a graduate school to that extent that believed in education. What you said earlier was a tremendous point. Uh, that we've lost. We've already lost that in a lot of schools, but I'm afraid this will open the door wider for the one and dones. Well, Dad, I have to say, are you thinking that generally speaking, most coaches will support this decision? Uh, I don't think most coaches. I wouldn't think so, I would have guessed. But I, I don't know that, uh, that the Alabamas in Tuscaloosa, who are a small community, uh, I think if they had a half a dozen of their local uh, corporations or uh, business people wanting to sponsor something uh, where they're permitted now to do, uh, I would say Nick probably and Nick Saban would probably say, hey, you know, go to it, son. I got you here to Tuscaloosa. Now you've got an opportunity to really see what we provide. We provide not only a good education and maybe national championships, we also give you an opportunity to make a lot of money. I suspect, and I'll answer your question, won't he probably say, go to it. But the guy who's maybe at that uh, junior college or not a junior college, probably a bad example, but a smaller school in Alabama at the University of Birmingham, let's say, he is on the total other side of the fence. He doesn't have a chance to say the luxury of saying what Nick did. Go to it. So uh, some coaches will, if they're in that kind of an environment. Yes, I read one on, won't mention his name, just the other day, who was all for it. He said, go to it, son. Go to it. And I'm, and I'm going to recruit on that basis. I suspect that he probably was from one of those big schools with lots of money anyway, because they figure what what difference does it make whether he gets a big big paycheck for a uh, a, a, a a you know a an academic scholarship or a uh, an endorsement uh, uh, you know contract? Uh, I I just I 
I also seem to feel that these colleges spend a lot of time and effort in going to high schools and recruiting uh, the best players to bring into their colleges in order to play and, and learn. And now this is going to have an effect too. Like, like you alluded to early, now all of a sudden they're, they're knocking on the high schoolers' doors uh, and all with the big contracts to say, listen, you can get a, get a nice, nice uh, shoe deal by going to this East Coast school, even though you really wanted to go to a West Coast school. Well, uh, again, I mean, I'm not, I, I, can't, I, I can't pinpoint any one particular problem that's any greater than the other. But as you said earlier, it's hard for me to find the pros that, that, that exist in this whole decision. And I think it's going to continue to, like climate change, I never would have been a believer in climate change 50 years ago, but I am a believer now. And I would never believe that this would have happened, certainly where I went to undergraduate school, where we were, we got a summer job sometimes, uh, but there was none of this, never any of this conversation. And we had a great program. We had a wonderful program. And I would do it again if it, if it came to my decision, because I think it's healthy. I think it's even healthy for those parents who want to have their sons and daughters successful. They don't have to make $100,000 as an 18-year-old. In fact, it may spoil them at that point. They need to earn some of that. And maybe at 20 or 21, now they have had the experience of having four years of college. They've seen a bit more of the world. Maybe they're more, they're better prepared. So, uh, I'm, well, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I hear what you're saying. And it, as, as you both are talking and, you know, I'm, I'm playing a little catch up here, but like, I agree that I'm not hearing a lot of pros, you know, to this decision. Um, I am hearing more cons and negatives. I, I'm also getting the impression that we are on the onset of basically redefining amateur sports is basically what we're doing, you know, as a whole. No question. You know, I also think that probably majority of parents out there, if they have a son or a daughter who has a lot of talent and is going on to play collegiate sports, you know, um, if they were given the opportunity, sure, they're going to take $100,000. Sure, of course, who wouldn't? But sometimes maybe the, those people who know the situation best, and, and, and sometimes that's not the parents. The parents know their child, but they don't necessarily know the world in which their child is about to enter. These people who are making this decision, the coaches, the agents, all of those people involved should be the ones to say, we, we know that as a parent, you'd love a $100,000. That's very fun. But we know this world better than you know right now. And our recommendation is to not allow this. Therefore, our decision is to not allow this. We're going to keep amateur sports, amateur sports. So, uh, you know, again, you're going to talk to so many different people on this topic and get so many different opinions and points of view. But I think the people who are really involved in it, those I just mentioned, should be the ones who should be making just the right decision. It's not necessarily the most popular decision based on who you're talking to, but the right decision for these 
for these young athletes. And by the way, speaking of these young athletes, does anybody have a guess what percentage we're talking about? Because let's face it, we're talking about these athletes that are good enough to be sought after to do endorsements for certain companies. Are we talking 5% of college athletes, 10%, 50%? What are we talking here? Is this going to really have that great of an impact on the group as a whole? Well, I, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, I, I don't know the percentage, but it's small. Yeah. It, it's, uh, if, if, in fact, Nike is going to put a shoe out and they're going to put it in the name of Larry Catuzzi, Larry Catuzzi better be a very, very special person. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the, the percentage, which obviously extends the chasm between good and bad, and the young athlete who doesn't have that kind of recognition, he falls even farther behind than he is now. So it's it's probably maybe less than 1% of okay. those, you know, that are really, when you look at the magnitude of the number of women and men playing collegiate sports or even high school, if it, if it does filter down. Well, it, it does filter down. Let me give you another example because I forgot it earlier. Now you have high school athletes who are committing, being recruited as freshmen or sophomores and committing to a university. They're 15, 16 years of age. Who are they going for counseling? Their parents, hopefully, uh, maybe their neighbors, um, alumni of a particular school. And are they able to gather all of this information and really make a, a, a constructive decision as a 15-year-old freshman or sophomore, which is happening every day now in high school? So well, and, and there's an agent knocking on the door that says I can I can help you with this. You don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to get the, the 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 very best deal I can for your kid. And and I'm I'm thinking to myself as a parent, I just want the best education for my kid. Because the other the other part of this very very large puzzle is this kid signs a a contract to endorse these products and everything and they go into college and they they get seriously injured after their first year. They fall. They, they they that quarterback breaks his breaks his throwing arm in three places. He's out. There goes his career. There goes his his endorsements. And now what is he left with? Now does he go back to the college and say, "Okay, I'll accept your edu your your academic scholarship." It, it it's putting more pressure on a lot more people to do this. And it's lowering that that professional uh, endorsement uh, focus from the pros now to the college level. And as you just said, Coach, they're setting their sights on the high schoolers. Now those recruits are out there looking at the high schools to get them into the colleges to get the deals. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to your uh, to your question. Obviously. Um, uh, the, and it happens often. An athlete is injured. He no longer has an athletic career. Maybe of that less than 1% that were in this category to right. begin with, maybe that becomes less than 1% again. And as you see in all the – not everybody goes to the NBA or not everybody goes to the NFL. They've been advertising that for years and years. And it's true. I mean, how many people get drafted? Now, I just watched some of the baseball draft. 
that was about 600 and some athletes that were drafted in the total baseball draft this week. That's 600 out of probably 6 million. Right. So we, we are talking about something less than one. And that's if they, in fact, are, are good enough to make it. Probably of that 640-some, a very, very small percentage will make it. Education, 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 academics have to be, in my opinion, if I were testifying before the Supreme Court, acknowledging that there's a lot of other opportunities for musicians and for artists and for other people to make money that maybe athletes aren't. Athletes are the predominant. That is the predominant area where there's this wholesale recruiting and job offers and, 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 and violations of, of improper practices. It is, and, and then you bring in the ESPNs and the sports channels that make celebrities or schools themselves. They create these great auras that exist among the Ohio states of this world. And I love Ohio State and, and, the, uh, and the Alabamas. I love all those schools. They're very great universities. To the extent they don't do all of these things to make their world better and uh, open up a lot of messy violations. And it's bound to happen. Well, one, one thing is for sure, and we can all agree on this, and even those that are on the pro and the con side of this, this discussion can agree on that there is a life after sports. There is no such thing as sports being a lifelong career. All athletes reach a time when they can no longer perform at a professional level. Uh, sometimes that happens after college. I don't know the numbers, but if you look back on the history of all of the the uh, 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 the, the football, uh, what's the top award in football? The Heisman Trophy. Go back and look at where all, the careers of all the Heisman Trophy winners. There are a lot of them that went into the pros and played a year or two, and then and then it ended. They didn't. They didn't last as a Heisman Trophy winner for an entire career. And again, depending on the sport, that career can be five years. It can be maybe ten years. But then what happens when it's all over? How many of those athletes have we read stories that made, you know, seven figures uh, a year? All of a sudden, they're in their 60s and they are homeless. Uh, you know, it, you're, a, you're a wise man, Mr. Sachs. You're a wise man. I've already you know, told my daughter how smart she is, but you're a wise man. <laughs> well, as they say here in Texas, this ain't my first rodeo. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Rhodes scholar. Uh, everything I learned, I learned on the road. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, I like to, I like to see all sides of a story and this story, I'm sorry. I just don't see that needle going over towards the positive side. I think that there's going to be in the long run more negative effects to this than there are positive effects. So, yes, yes I would agree. Go ahead, Dad. No, I'm, I, I, I've already, I think, probably talked too much about it. I just, I, I do think it is a subject that obviously 
you could talk about for generations. Because it's going to get a lot of talk. It's going to get a lot of challenges. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be hard on both the schools, the the educators, uh, the endorsement companies. But most of all, I feel I feel the strongest about what it's going to do to our coaching staffs because are these coaches who have built their careers on putting teams together to win championships and everything, are they going to now have a disadvantage because the endorsement is going to be looking over their shoulder? Well, I, I, I hope some of the parents are, uh, are around the show are, are listening to some of the things because a lot of the parents are, are some of the problems. Uh, they, create a need for success so great. If it's a musician, they make them practice the piano days in and days out. If they're an athlete, they, they're sitting in the stands just absolutely uh, uh, cheering to their and, – and that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't – if you have talent, you shouldn't certainly uh, encourage your, your, your children, but – there are so many parents that take children who are, as you said earlier, never going to be real great athletes. And they take them and place them on a podium that eliminates, again, the academics or the athletics and says, look, let's go to the school. We've got an opportunity maybe to go to the, whatever the case may be, the NFL or be on ESPN. So I don't, uh, I don't exclude the parents in a lot of cases because, again, they're going to become more party to this. As this program starts to manifest itself around the country, around uh, uh, whatever the case may be, te television or sponsorships, the parents are going to become bigger players. Coaches are going to come out and romance. Uh, to, to, and I've always, I mean, I don't want to say I've, I've romanced them, but I've certainly become very close to the parents that I was recruiting a young man because that was my feeling about what I should do. I wanted this young man to succeed to be a good athlete, to have an opportunity, but I wanted him to succeed in life. And, and we, we divorce ourselves, I'm afraid, from that with this kind of uh, atmosphere that we're going to create. Well, we, we've opened up the puzzle box and there's lots of pieces and we still have to put a lot of them together. Uh, and we probably have created more, more questions than we have answers to those questions. But coach, cannot thank you enough for spending the time and giving us a more professional opinion and outlook on this, on this subject that we're going to be dealing with for a long, long time. Thank you, so, Dad. I, I, I appreciate being on the show again. I, I think you both do a marvelous job. I think when you have subjects that are, uh, that are uh, current and, and will be helpful to people, hopefully this was one of them. So thank you for having me. I, I, I guarantee it. Vaughn, thanks again for, for bringing dad in to discuss Absolutely. this situation with us. I knew he'd have a lot to say on the subject. Oh yeah. And we may have to revisit this a little bit as this, as this, you know, Pandora's box opens up, but uh, thank you. Thanks again, uh, Larry Gattuzzi for joining us today. And, and Vaughn again, thanks for, for sharing a great subject with us. And we look forward to having you all again on the show next week right here, same time, same day, and all for another edition of Something to Talk About. In the meantime, go out and make it a good day. Thanks, everybody. Bye.